Can you welcome Sandy Culkin, please? I want you to turn to somebody before you sit down. And I want you to turn to them and say, you ate all that turkey and lost weight. no greater place I'd rather be than in my own church. You know, I preach all over the world, and um, uh, it's just such a privilege and an honor to always come home. You know, sometimes I just like to sit there and do nothing, you know, and just kind of soak it in, which is uh, kind of uh, very refreshing. Uh, my wife, Patty, of 42 years. Seventeen-year cancer survivor. Today, if uh, you've ever had a report, uh, or if you're struggling with something that says breast cancer, just make your way to her and let her lay her hands upon you. Uh, you know, there's no greater, no greater faith than something that you've lived. You can read it out of a book, you can read it out of the Bible, but once you've taken that and you've lived it, it becomes like a tremendous rhema, reality. I'm going to talk about covenant today. I'm going to talk about memorial stones. You know, we have a covenant with God, a covenant that, that cannot be broken. It's a covenant that once you enter into it, sometimes people say, well, I'm going to walk away from my end of the covenant, but it's hard for God to ever walk away from his end of the covenant. And so when he gave us this book, he gave us two covenants, an old covenant and a new covenant. And so I'm going to talk a little bit today out of the old covenant, but Jesus has made a way that all the blessings of the old covenant are applied to us. And so what a wonderful, marvelous concept that we have. I'm going to talk about one of the greatest stories. I love this story. It's a story... Uh, especially a, a, a Jewish story, you know, if there was anything that we ever learned and, uh, you know, because we went to uh, kind of like a Sunday school and he was kind of like not on Sunday, okay? <laughs> it was kind of like on, a, on Saturday. But um, the, uh, some of the great stories of the Bible about the Passover, I mean, every Jew knows about the Passover. Uh, and so it's t that type of, of story that when I read it and read things about it, just touch my heart, it takes me all the way back to my childhood and, and you know, just good things. Thank God that uh, God has a, a way of impressing you about things in your life, even before you're saved. There's things that make a difference. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, hey, God had a, had a hand on me even when I uh, didn't even know he was around. You know, how, how great. So I'm gonna read from uh, Joshua, the third chapter, and I'm gonna start with verse one. And uh, it's a story of really the Hebrews going from wandering in the desert for 40 years after they came out of slavery. 
They were in slavery. They passed over the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. They walked over on dry land, and they were in the, the desert. Now, they didn't have to be in the desert. They could have gone right to the promised land. But because of sending out some spies and some of the reports that the people believed the negative things that came back rather than the positive things that were told them, those died in the desert. Forty years, a whole generation died off. So when the Hebrews were ready to cross over into the promised land, there were not many people over 40. There, uh, you know, uh, basically a couple families and maybe a few children that were born, uh, you know, during the time of the Exodus. So it's just, just an amazing concept. And here God was preparing them. They ate manna. He, provi he provided for them. Uh, he kept them warm by a pillar of fire during the night. He kept them cool in the desert by a cloud. And so uh, it's just an amazing concept of provision. And what he was doing is he was breaking the sting of slavery from them. And it took 40 years for a generation to kind of die out so that they could prepare militarily to take a, the promised land. And now they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan. It just so happens that the Jordan is at flood stage. And the Jordan is a pretty wide river anyway where they were crossing. And so now not only is it wide, but it's at flood stage. So it's even wider. And so here we are in Joshua, uh, the third chapter. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim to go to Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance, about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So at that point, they all knew what was going to happen. They were getting ready to cross over. The word went out, and, and the word said, look, you don't know what, which way to go. But the Ark of the Covenant, where the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of God dwells, it's going to go out before you. And it just so happens, when you see that, don't get near it. Leave enough space so you can see where it goes. But it's interesting, when the priests were carrying it, the Levites were carrying it, as soon as they touched the water, the water started to roll back. And it rolled back miles up the Jordan, rolled back. And so they were able, once again, to cross over on dry land. Million people, maybe more, crossing over. I mean, in their military, they had 40,000 that were going in front of them. So you're talking, and so I'm thinking, gee, if I was a Levite holding that ark, how long am I going to hold I hope I have a, a replacement, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm holding, this is getting heavy. It's getting heavier. I've got someone else. You know? And so, uh, so for all those people, he, they were holding the ark. So in the fourth uh, chapter, it says in the first verse, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from amongst the people one from each tribe, tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, right from where the priest stood, to carry them over with you and to put them down at a place where you will stay tonight. It's very interesting. Here, 12 stones, one from each tribe, that they were going to pick up from the place where the ark had, was being held. 
and they were going to take these stones, crossing over, and they were going to make a memorial. They were going to be memorial stones. And so the Lord goes on, and he starts to tell them. He says to, to Joshua, he says, uh, uh, this will serve, and I'm, I'm in the fourth uh, verse. So he said, Joshua called together the 12 men that had appointed the Israel, to Israel, one from each tribe, and said to them, go before the ark of the Lord, go to the middle of the Jordan. Each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. Now here is the key. In the future, in the future, let's say it, in the future. How many of you look at grandchildren and say, in the future? How many of you look at your children and say, in the future? How many of you look at nieces and nephews and say, in the future? How many of you look at a pretty girl and say, in the future, huh? <laughs> and so here we are. It says, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. Twice he says that. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Memorial stones. Now, I could go into all this, you know. I mean, here you have millions of people crossing. You have the Levites holding the Ark of the Covenant. You have somebody from the 12 tribes picking up a stone, you know, and I'm wondering, this, this is competition now. This is, now we're competitive, see? Who's going to get the biggest stone? And then they take the stone all the way over, put it on the other side, and they make a memorial. And, and God says very clearly, this is not just for you. This is for your children. This is for your children's children. This is for the younger generation. This is for people to know that there were miracles in your life. Miracles. So I started to think about it, and I said, you know, memorial stones. And I started to say, well, what, what are kind of like the memorial stones in my life, in Patty's life? And, and, and what are these memorial stones? We've been Christians for 42 years. Long time. It's amazing that we even stayed married 42 years after because God went ahead and took two people that were very much opposite and put them together. Opposites attract, but then they repel. <laughs> Anybody in here with your opposite? Let me see your hands, all the opposites in there. Yeah. Okay, now that you know, they go, <clears throat> all right. It's, it, I don't know why he does that. It's his sense of humor. It's God's sense of humor, right? Make opposites attract. And so, you know, when I think about all the things that took us to this point, but there were some foundational memorial stones that we laid down. Now, now you're not going to take 12 stones and you're not going to put 12 stones. Well, here's one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, and you get 12 stones coming up. I mean, you know, pretty soon, boom. So you're going to have to put a foundation, and then you're going to have to keep going up, and then you're going to have to make it so it's strong, so it doesn't fall down, so it's there uh, for forever. And so here I started to think, what are the foundational pieces? And so as I'm saying this, I want you to think about your foundational pieces, your memorial stones, things that you stand on, things that will never go away, nobody can refute, things that are important in your life. Well, the first memorial stone for me was when I got saved. I mean, here I'm, here I'm in a church, 
and I, I don't understand. It's a Pentecostal church. I don't know what Pentecostal is. And a guy speaks to me in tongues, and it's Hebrew. I mean, give me a break. I didn't even know what tongues was, you know? Uh, you know, I thought, gee, I ate tongue a few times, you know? My grandmother got it up, you know? My father was in the meat business. I mean, I got tongue, really, you know? I could go on, but I won't. Anyway, uh, so here this guy is speaking to me, and I mean, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how does he know I'm Jewish? Well, he, he didn't know I was Jewish. He, in fact, he was more amazed that he was speaking something in Hebrew uh, then, uh, I, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, gee, uh, this is a sign. And then I thought immediately God was going to kill me. And then, so after that, <laughs> after I got through that moment, I recognized that I had just walked into something supernatural. It was a memorial stone that was able to be laid down that I had a spiritual experience that I couldn't explain. I couldn't explain it. And I said, well... Okay, it wasn't enough to really live on. But then when my mother found out that I'd accepted Jesus, she kicked me out of the house. That wasn't a memorial stone, let me tell you. So I went to Patty's, and I wanted some, oh, baby, I feel so bad for you. You know what I got? I'm seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I have no idea what the baptism in the Holy Spirit was. I don't know. So we went to church that night, you know. I'm wondering what to do with my clothes, and we go to church. So here we're in this church. It's a little church in Bridgewater, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're in there, and they're talking about stuff I never heard of. And I'm, but the offering plate came around. And here is my first introduction to breakthrough. Are you ready? It took money to do something in my life to break through. Now, for a Jewish guy, that's really impacting, I want to tell you. <laughs> so here the offering plate comes around, and I take a $50 bill, and I throw it in the offering plate. And of course, I, played, I, I prayed a martyr's prayer. Oh, God, take everything. Oh, like 50 bucks is everything. Give me a break, right? Everybody at the end of the service goes forward. They're going forward. I'm back in the row by myself. They're all going forward. Why are they going forward and I'm back here? The action's up there. So I better go find out what's happening. Inquisitive, right? So I walk forward, and this guy comes up to me, and he grabs me by the arm, and he says, he says, something is going to happen with your mother. It's going to be all right. Can you imagine throw 50 bucks in the offering plate and get a prophetic word? So this morning, we'll have a little bowl here. 50 bucks, you get a prophetic word. It's a good business, let me tell you. And so, I'm standing there, and this guy says to me, it's going to be okay with your mother. And this other guy comes up to me, and he goes, brother, do you want the power of God in your life? I figured, she had already cost me 50 bucks, why not? <laughs> so he re reaches out, 
and he touched me. <laughs> what do these Christians do? They touch. You know, today could be a dangerous thing, let me tell you. But I fell on the floor. I'm on a dirty floor. I'm laying down on this dirty floor. 50 bucks and I'm laying down on a dirty floor. People walking all around. I'm on this dirty floor. I can't get up. I'm thinking, I got to get up. I got to get up. Can't get up. Next thing you know, I'm starting to talk these syllables and a language I never spoke before. And I'm going, That's an, that comes with the 50 bucks? <laughs> so I'm down there for a while talking this stuff. And next thing you know, I get up. And I, I feel like I'm a little drunk, you know. That was a new experience. Uh, not drunk. <laughs> drunk without the, you know. And so, so here I am, you know. But God must have done something. You know, Patty's parents, good Presbyterians, and went to Missionary Alliance, and they always talked about tithing and giving and tithing. And, and just Jewish people don't do that. Very generous to charities, can be very generous to, uh, to the synagogue in a lot of ways, very generous. Uh, you know, giving a, uh, you know, you bought your seat, you paid dues, you know, stuff like that. Great idea here. Forget this Thanksgiving offering stuff. Let's just, just people buy their seat. I like it. It's a Jewish thing. No, no, he's going to Well, I'll never be back on this pool, but that's all over. <laughs> and so, so here we are. Uh, you know, I, I must have something must have gone inside about connecting. You know, why did I give that fifty bucks? I mean, I never would have done that to, to do something like. It. So, meanwhile, now here we got a segue between that and a bit of a breakthrough. But that was a memorial stone. So now I have this memorial stone here, and I have this memorial stone here. So I'm starting to build a foundation. I got connected with a fellow named Bill Bear. We used to go, uh, in fact, it was the funniest thing because we ended up moving between two synagogues in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Uh, there was the Reform Synagogue and the synagogue that we went to, the Conservative Orthodox Synagogue, and then there was a Messianic Synagogue a few doors down. I mean, I was bombarded by synagogues. And then at the end of the street was, uh, was a church, and uh, it was, a it was a Christian assembly, I think, a church, uh, Italian Pentecostal. And so on a Saturday night, Bill Bear would have these meetings, and it would be Bear Foundation meetings, and kids would come in, and somebody told uh, me about it, a, a guy who was doing a surveying job for me, and I went, and honestly, I cried through the whole thing. Kids talking about their lives. Kids that were so damaged and hurt, and how they were changed, and all those things. We know all about that, don't we, Ben? And so, you know, things that were, were hurt uh, and how the Bear Foundation took these people in and how their lives were changed. They went with Christian families. And so I, I made a relationship with him, and um, he asked me to be a part of the foundation. Uh, you know, he said, well, you know, you, you're educated, and you would be a, a great asset here. And I, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. But at one morning, as I was doing my devotion, and I kind of was reading, did you ever read the Bible and then fall asleep? Hey, this is Sandy here. You can be honest with me. Come on. Yeah, 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 I know. Come on. So I'm reading the Bible, and I fell asleep. And it was my devotion, and like a voice spoke to me as I was in this dream, this twilight time, 
and said, if you take care of these kids, I'll take care of your kids. <clears throat> Woke up. Thing was, I didn't have any kids. Take care of these kids, I'll take care of your kids. I tried to adopt my daughter, Colleen, but um, her, her dad, who didn't pay support, somehow stopped it. And, but it was right after that when I chose to say yes to the Bear Foundation that I was able to adopt my oldest daughter, Colleen, a joy and a blessing in my life and a grandchild that I have, a, a grandson who's just great from her and just a wonderful, wonderful part of our lives and our business and just amazing how all that happened. If you take care of these kids, I'll take care of your kids, first kid. Well, Patty wasn't able, she, she didn't think she was able to have, she was told when she was 18 that she wouldn't have children. And she had uh, some difficulties, cysts on her ovary, things along this line. They wanted to do hysterectomies on her. And when they were uh, planning on taking, going in to do an exploratory, and here they thought maybe she might have to have a hysterectomy, the Lord spoke to us in a dream, in a dream. This dream business. How can God speak in a dream? And spoke by showing us a man holding a baby and said, this is a male child. I'm going to give you a male child. And that gave us faith. You know, faith, and we had been tithing at the time. We had been sowing and, and learning how to give and to uh, live a lifestyle of generosity, not just giving because God says 10%, but trying to be generous with people, trying to live something that, that would be different in our lives. And here, God, when we were trying to be generous, here God was trying to be generous. And he said, look, do this for these kids, I'll take care of your kids. Lo and behold, she didn't have to have the hysterectomy, she didn't do it. They found out things were able to be fixed and after that came out two babies. Now the Bear Foundation is out in the lobby today and if you feel a desire, just go bless them. They do a tough job, very difficult job. You know, uh, sometime this year, uh, there are kids that come to the foundation, every possession they have is in a garbage bag. Everything they own is in a garbage bag. And this year I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, you know what, I said, I, I, I just wanted to give to those kids to be able to do something. I mean, honestly, just go bless them. And if you feel a desire in your heart to help a, a, a child and be a foster parent, go tell them. Honestly, let God, as you take care of these kids, let God take care of your kids. That was a memorial stone for me, a memorial stone. And let me just tell you, you know, my daughter Colleen twice, twice was supposed to be in a car where everybody in that car died. Twice how God at the last minute stopped her from going in those cars. Everybody in those vehicles died in accidents. I mean, what do you say? How do you how can you, I mean, one time is a coincidence. Twice may be a coincidence. Over and over again, over and over again is the protective hand of a living God. It's your memorial stones. My son Mitchell rolled a car in the river. With, my daughter Ashley was in the car. Water coming up. They just kind of made it out uh, onto the top, uh, just kind of squeezed through a window because uh, the doors wouldn't open. 
water coming up. And uh, Ashley uh, uh, went into the river. They just kind of gr grabbed, I mean, ama just amazing. You know, I, th I think about um, these things happening. Ashley fell out of a third-story window when she was four years old. And just, uh, it's a miracle she lived, miracle she lived. And it was after that that God, in a dream, once again, in Macon, Georgia, a few weeks after that, a voice spoke to me in that dream and said, I saved your child for the children not yet born from her body. She's had some of the, she's had Lyme's disease, she's had endometriosis, she never thought she could have children, and six months ago, she had a little baby girl. 31 years, 31 years from the time that voice spoke. That's a memorial stone. And I can't wait to take that little Sophie and tell her she's a child of the promise. I can't wait. I said to Ashley all the time. I remind Mitchell all the time when he went into the river. I remind him all the time of the miracles that happened. I wrote him just, just the other day. In fact, it was yesterday. And I, I, I just reminded him once again. I remind Colleen of the miracle. Those are memorial stones. They, as long as God keeps me alive on the face of this earth, they're going to hear it from my mouth. One of the great memorial stones for me was a year after I was saved. I was preaching before 10,000 people. Go figure. A year after you're saved at Penn State, it was a, a America for Jesus rally. And you know, we almost got stuck in a flood in Mahoning Town, Pennsylvania. Anybody know where the trestles are, Mahoning Town, Pennsylvania? So I was really faith-filled with faith, let me tell you. I was faith-filled, and I saw this trestle, and I said, Bless God, I'm going through this thing in the name of Jesus. And I put my foot on the gas pedal, and I went down, and the car went shoo like this. The water came up over the hood, up over the front window. And my wife, she wanted to say, I told you so. <laughs> but Patty's gracious. She didn't say it. She hummed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there we are in the middle of the water. Water up to the side windows. I got, I'm on the greatest speaking engagement of my life one year after I'm saved. How could this possibly happen to me? Next thing you know, this little guy comes ru running over, uh, and he goes, well, we can't roll down the window. I don't know it. <laughs> Thank God it was that finger, right? You know. <laughs> and so, so, you know, there I was. I, we are in the car. She had, she had like, like shoes that were melting under the water. And so finally this guy comes back with his big, thick rope. And he jumps down in the water, and he puts the rope under some part of this Oldsmobile Tornado. And he walks out, and next thing you know, there's a whole group of people out there, and they pulled my car out the other side. Go figure that one for stupidity, huh? How God bailed a stupid guy. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> and I made it to the speaking engagement, and that night, my father got healed of terminal cancer. 
a memorial stone. I'll never forget that. And she'll never let me forget it. <laughs> you know, my mother was really a pretty strong lady. And, of course, that prophetic word that happened when I paid the 50 bucks came to pass in just a few days. My mother called me and said, you know, um, God came to her in a dream and she said, look, you're my firstborn son. You've been a good son. I can't believe what you believe. You know, my father was dying at the time and she was afraid that this would kill my father and it would disgrace us in the Jewish community and it would kill my grandparents and boy, my mother. Beside the Jewish guilt trip in the Bible, in the, in the dictionary is my mother's name, okay? And so there I am seeing the fulfillment of that, you know, very soon. In fact, we got married in church. My parents wouldn't go. We got married, we got married twice on the same day, once in the church. They wouldn't go. Once before the justice of the peace, they went. And so here we are. I have a mother that wants to hear me speak, starting to become a groupie. And uh, she had a, also a terminal illness. Uh, at ecology and disease. And we were down in Washington, Pennsylvania at a, a church I was speaking at, and my mother got hit by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, my mother went down on the floor. Now, it's one thing for me to go on the floor. It's another thing for my mother to go on the floor. You couldn't have got my mother under the power on the floor for nothing. I can tell you that. And I thought, you know what? It was a memorial stone. And my mother went from a terminal disease. How, many, how long, Patty? Almost 20 years in remission? It happened after that? Oh, okay. She's my, she keeps me honest, Patty. You know, huh? 28 years? 28 years in remission after she was hit by the Holy Spirit. You know, you think everything might go all right in our life, but it doesn't. We have all kinds of issues, things that happen, because the enemy would love to take us out. His job is to rob, to kill, and to destroy. And we were just talking about it this morning, how many attacks we have been under over the years. And these attacks, some of them are, 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 are so difficult to get through. You have to pray your way out of them. One of the most vicious attacks was a financial attack when my father died, and then my grandfather died, and then uh, our suppliers became our competitors, and I found myself over a million dollars in debt. And this was several years ago, when a million dollars was a million dollars, and let me tell you something, I didn't know where to go. Very, very tough time. And I'll never forget sitting in victory at New Wilmington, and Jim Herb was preaching, and he started to preach a message about giving and he was talking about a fella named John Jimenez from East Coast and a uh, great speaker in, in his day and he, he was relating a story about how giving out of your need and how John Jimenez was talking about tithing on your debt whatever your debt was to be able to take that amount and sow that to the Lord. And, and so it, it kind of caught Patty and I. 
And so we, didn't, we surely didn't have the money. I mean, we were in debt, right? So it's not like we can take money and give, just sow that money to our debt, but we, we sowed an IOU. And what's God going to do? Who's he going to send? Guido? I mean, what's he, you know, if we don't pay, what's going to happen? But it was very interesting because in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, it says that God will give seed to the sower. And so we stood on the fact that God could give us seed, seed to break through this debt. Give us seed. So there was like 300 and some thousand dollars of really tangible debt, and then we had this other million dollars of, of, of uh, corporate debt that we needed to get through. And lo and behold, I was on the board of a church, and the church dissolved, and they went ahead and sent me a check for something like 30, what was it, 35,000. It was not only the amount of the seed, but it was also the tithe on the seed. And so I'm looking at this money. Now I want you to now get in my box, get in with me right now. Here you are in real financial trouble. I want you to think about this. You're in real financial trouble, and here comes $35,000. I don't know how the Gentiles look at it, but I'll tell you how the Jews would look at it. And so here comes this 35 grand. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh, I could pay this bill, I could pay this bill, I could pay this bill, I could pay this, I could do this, I could do this, this I could get off my back, I can get this person not calling. Oh, man, $35,000. And a voice on his shoulder said, remember your vow. <laughs> Don't listen to that guy, are you nuts? Pay your debt, spend the money. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. <laughs> Remember your vow. <laughs> Are you nuts? Don't listen to that voice. That's the devil talking to you. I'm talking life to you. Remember your vow. The hardest thing we had to do was to give away $35,000. And it broke the spirit of poverty. It broke the power of darkness that robbed and stolen from me. It broke through the plans that God had for the future. It broke through. It became a memorial stone that never stopped us from giving, that never stopped us. We could never say it after that point. We don't have enough money to give to God. Never. And God started to create something inside of us, a spirit of generosity. It was different than anything that we had. It was different, different, different. Something broke. It was a breakthrough. And I can't tell you when, when healing came, 
to my wife when she had cancer. I can't talk about all the miracles that have happened since this time. Miracle after miracle after miracle because I believe that not only did it break the spirit of poverty, it broke the spirit of sickness. It broke the spirit of disease. It broke the spirit of lack. You can't tell I'm a little passionate about it, huh? Because it worked. I want something that works. I don't want something. Look, I, I don't know what goes on in everybody's life. But I know what goes on in my life. I know the struggles that I have when it came towards financial things. I know the struggles. I know how every time God wanted to deal with me. I mean, listen, I, I, when he dealt with me, I heard Catherine Coleman say it. I hated it when she said it. I hate it now. When God wants your attention, he squeezes your finances. Boy, he'll get your attention right now. That Catherine Coleman, how could she say that? Now, here's the last memorial stone. I, I, could, I could talk about memorial stones. We don't have enough time. We have nursery. We have parking. We have all kinds of things, lunch, whatever the important things are. In this complex, I remember when, when Bishop came and we talked about building that building over there. And we, we were asked to pray and to see what God would give us, what we would give. And Patty and I were praying, and we didn't really say much about it to each other. And then on the day we were supposed to make our pledge, and I said, well, you know what? If she comes up with the same number, I know that could never. What's the chances of that happening? That's like a bazillion to one. I'm free. I'm safe. I don't have to do this, right? Lo and behold... It was the same number. Sharp-tongued woman. <laughs> Compelled to give. But you know what? We had a prophetic word that came after that that said God was going to provide houses for us. Houses, houses. I mean, I, I think, oh, it sounds good. It sounds good. Lo and behold, my son goes to uh, Westminster College, and we start buying up these houses for student housing. At a peak time, bought them low, sold them high. And it just continued on from that. I believe the breakthrough was when we gave to that building. In that building over there, after it was built, something else happened. Somebody gave Patty three diamonds. Three diamonds. They were all over a carrot. She was, they said they wanted her to have a ring. Uh, they felt that, uh, you know, our ministry had blessed them, and they wanted, they gave her three diamonds. I went, yes. Love those diamonds. They were a little rough here and there. And we were doing a miracle offering, a memorial offering. And Patty comes to me and she says, I'm going to give those three diamonds. Three diamonds, one for each child. One for Mitchell, one for Colleen, one for Ashley. They're diamonds in the rough. Those diamonds need to be recut. I want to give them the church. I want to lay them on the altar of God for our children. You know, I hope we're going to live a long time, you know. I ask uh, the Lord, and I decree all the time that I would live a long, healthy life with a sound mind and that the people I love around me always. It was a word that God had given me when I was 
just laying in bed one day, and boom, it came to me, and I've decreed that over my friends. I've decreed it over you. I've decreed it over, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. <clears throat> and I believe that in that long life with a sound mind and the people I love around us, that a memorial stone are going to be these diamonds, these diamonds that we laid on the altar of God. Where's my give thanks with a grateful heart? I'm going to lay my offering today on the altar because I'm ready for another breakthrough. There's things that I want to do in my lifetime. You know, as chairman of the board of the Bear Foundation for 26 years, I've been chairman more than Bill Bear was the founder. I chaired longer than he has. His job was to found it. My job was to sustain it, make sure it never goes out of business. That was my job. Years ago, I was speaking, getting ready to be introduced to uh, a group of businessmen, Bishop Bill Hammond. He said, uh, as he got up there, he said, this is Sandy Culkin, the maker of millionaires. Honestly, I wanted to crawl under the table. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what are they expecting me to say? But I realized after I had looked at all the companies that I've worked for and all the people that I've helped, how many actual millionaires that I actually helped become millionaires, many multi, multi, multi millionaires. I don't know. It's like it's something that God does because he gives you a gift to go in and be able to look at something that maybe somebody else doesn't see. It's not, it's not me. I'm not that smart. But I remember the morning that I was in Bill Hammond's house. And I really felt that God put on my mind to give him $5,000. It was just a thought. I called up Patty and I said, uh, Patty, this is the thought. Because I figured she's going to say no because we didn't have the money to do it. I figured where we're going to get the money to go ahead and do this, right? <clears throat> and so she said, well, you better do it. Mm. <laughs> well, we did it. And we found out a way to do it. And so that night he wanted me to go ahead and to uh, go to a dinner. And I was supposed to sit uh, with some friends, but he wanted me to sit right in front of him. And I sat in front of him, and I was going to uh, be with Integrity Music. This song that we're about to sing was written by Don Moen, Integrity Music. Give thanks with a grateful heart. It was written as a result of the death of some nieces and nephews in a car accident. How to give God with a great, give thanks with a grateful heart. So, you know, I was sitting beside somebody and they said to me, did you see Integrity Stock? I said, no, I didn't see Integrity Stock. Uh, they said, well, that uh, stock um, uh, went because it was, did an IPO and it was low and it went up to like $12 a share. I mean, I had thousands of shares at a dollar, a dollar fifty, two dollars. And from sowing that in the morning till the next day and the start of the day traders started to trade it down, gave me enough money to pay off my pledge on the building. I can't tell you what giving into the house of the Lord has done for us. I can't tell the changes that it's made. It's how it's separated me from the love of money. I want to tell you something, it's not easy. 
It's not money that's bad. It's the love of money that's bad. It's the love of money. This whole world goes around by money. Everything is by money. If your treasure is money, that's where your heart is. Jesus says that's not the place he would do it. You know, there was a rich young guy that, that couldn't do it because he couldn't separate himself from the love of money. I don't ever want to be that way. And so we're going to go ahead and give our gift here at the altar. Here, Patty. If you, if you don't have it to give and you feel like you want to break something in your life, give an IOU. And let God give you seed. Don't eat it. When the seed comes, don't eat it. Don't bake a cake on the seed. Give it away. But see what God can do for you. Listen, there's nothing I want than for you to be prosperous and to be blessed, to have financial security. But I'm going to tell you something. There's something that happens in the, in the act of giving that does a whole bunch of other stuff. I can attest to healings. I can attest to miracles. And it's not like things all go right in our life. They don't. But God, as a result of our memorial stones, it gives us the strength to carry on in the midst of difficulty. Strength to carry on in the midst of pain. Strength to carry on in the midst of discouragement. Strength to carry on in the midst of whatever comes our way. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's your memorial stones. So this morning, I want you to start building your foundation. Don't leave here this morning without building it. Don't leave here this morning without remembering the things that God has done. Don't, it'll give you confidence for the future. As the scripture said, in the future where somebody will come to you. In the future, when you face difficulty. In the future, when things come your way. In the future, you will rise above your difficulty. You will rise above it, and you will do it in the powerful name of Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. As you're coming today, as Sandy has said, don't just, don't just give. Give in faith. Give in breakthrough faith. 
And I want you to just take a moment to lay hands upon that and, and to believe God. And for each and every one of us, this is, don't, don't give out of guilt. Give out of faith. Understand the difference between conviction when Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you may feel uncomfortable, but that's Holy Spirit. He'll never rub your nose in the dirt. He'll lift you higher. But He'll often lift you higher by bringing a challenge to you that feels uncomfortable because you're used to walking in fear and not walking in faith. But when you walk, when you step out of the comfort, the dry confines of that boat, and you walk on water because Jesus said, come. He just God brings one you, word and he says, come. And abundantly over anything you can think My of wife and I can testify to time after time after time when, they need when to it be made no sense. Are heard when as a young time. youth pastor making no money and we're at an event where the singing group is a country western gospel singing group that I didn't even like their music and it was offering time and God spoke to me and said give a hundred dollars we probably had a hundred and fifteen dollars in our account but we obeyed God we didn't argue with God I at first in my mind I thought but Lord I don't even care for their music it was about obedience and we gave that night and as we gave that night, God, time after time after time, brought breakthrough. Why? Because Jesus said in Luke 6:38, "Give and it shall be given back unto you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over." That's why you can't buy a miracle. You can't buy a blessing. You can't buy anything from the God who owns the universe. I mean, what would he need of us? A breakthrough like you've never. But it's about sowing seed. It's about exercising faith. It's about stepping beyond your comfort zone. It's about getting an understanding that there's more to life than what we can just see and taste and touch and smell. That there is a supernatural God. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. For goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. I remember that Lord, time. That you have a powerful. Some powerful of you have heard this story, but some of you have not. But Lord, it goes to the next generation. And I've left my job at Lord's time. We're living by for faith Lord, at this point. No, no weekly salary. Some of you think that I left my job at Lord's town and came here. Doors, no, I left a good job at Lord's town, and we live by faith. There was no, there was no Victory Christian Center. I was a youth pastor in Kinsman, Ohio, working in a building program harder than I've ever worked in my life. Powerful breakthrough in Jesus' name. And I remember we went to Sparkle Market in Cortland, Ohio. And all those that you love, and my wife wanted to buy some tomatoes, one of those little three three tomatoes in a little sleeve thing. She had put them in the buggy. I speak we had to put them right back. We could not afford those tomatoes. Sure come to pass. I, decree it right I now. felt lousy as a husband. In Jesus name. I didn't have enough money to buy tomatoes. We'd gone over to a store in Champion, Ohio called Hills. And she wanted to buy these little raggedy Ann things to hang on my daughter's wall. You'd, you'd hang up clothes on. You don't it lose also it. You was don't in lose the it. buggy, it and we had to put it back. It. You don't lose it. 
Can I tell you within a week, within one week, I never told that story to anybody. I would have been too embarrassed to tell that story as a man. I speak long life over I went and visited a family. Hallelujah. Just as a minister, just doing home visitation. As much as it's blessing you. And I was in one house and they said, Oh, preacher, before you leave. Said our, our garden has been blessed this year. Could you use some tomatoes? They didn't give me three. They gave me Anointing a whole for the next pack generation. of tomatoes. Not three, but I went home with a whole bunch. God knew about those tomatoes. I was on that same day visiting a family. I break that thing over And they right said, now. Preacher, I before you go, we know you've got some little kids. And Lord, that there's a turnaround for the good. And they gave me this big bag. Goes upside down most of, for the good. Most those of the things in that bag will speak good. were little clothes, the hand-me-down clothes for our kids, close. but they were like new, and we right were blessed to have them. Different day. But you know what else was in that bag? Oh, my. That same Raggedy Ann thing that was in my buggy in Champion, Ohio, that I couldn't afford to put back in that bag. What are the chances of that? If you stand there today and you say, well, that that's just coincidence. You live in another world than I do. In the powerful name of Jesus, I speak it over you in Jesus. Our God is real. And he's a good, good father. Can you give him praise right now just for his goodness? Come on, sing this like you've never sung it. Raise your hands and worship the king. Come on. All over the room, praise him like you've never praised him. is not right with God there's nothing more important that could happen in this service for those of you watching online than that Jesus Christ lives inside of you not being religious not just going to church but having a relationship with the God of the universe who gave his son Jesus Christ to die for you See, we're sinners. We've sinned against God. We have no excuse. You can't talk your way into heaven. You might be good with words, but listen, you cannot talk your way into heaven. You might be a somewhat of a good moral person, but you're not good enough to earn heaven. We have sinned against God, but God gave his son Jesus Christ and Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. You can be born again. 
You can begin a brand new life in him. You say, what do I have to do? You've got to give up your life for the life he'll give you. You can't have your life and his life. You've got to give up your life. You've got to lay down your life. Would you do that today? Right now, would you place your hand on your heart? And just like Sandy Culkin did years ago, just like I did at the age of 19, would you surrender your heart to the Lord? I'm going to ask you all to pray a prayer with me right now. I'm going to ask, even though you know Jesus, to help that person next to you. Would you pray this out loud right now? Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. I have no excuse. I blame no one else. I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were buried and that you've risen from the dead and that you are alive. And at this very moment, I step off the throne of my heart and I ask you, Lord Jesus, come and live inside of me. Be my Savior and Lord. Be seated on the throne of my heart. I give up my life so that I could have the life that you planned for me. A life where you're at the center and not me. I thank you for hearing my prayer. I now believe in my heart and will confess with my mouth that as of this day, November 27th, 2017, I belong to God. I am his child. I have been born again. I am redeemed by his blood. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Amen. If you today are surrendering your heart to the Lord, I want you at the close of this service, I want you to come down front here, and we have some material free of charge we want to place in your hands. It's a DVD and a CD where I'm speaking to you about the decision that you just made. Don't make the mistake I made. I prayed a prayer similar to that and gave my heart to the Lord when I was 19 years old, and I was in too much of a hurry they were giving material. I didn't get it. I wasted the next six months. I wasted it. I had no idea what do I do next. And I meant that prayer, and I was born again. Don't do that. Come up today and get this material so you can get started right. Those of you that are watching online, you contact us. We'll get this material into your hands. And for all of you, you can go online and on our website and do the road, and I will disciple you. I will mentor you by video on the road, free of charge. And many, many thousands of lives have been changed by that. Just a couple things. Um, I really feel like the Lord was moving here at the altar in, in a tremendous way. And there's a couple things I like to lay out here. Uh, I was given a business card. And uh, 
throughout this congregation, I believe that uh, in the future, let's say it, in the future, I believe God wants to prosper people in this house. I believe he wants to prosper them in a tremendous way. I believe it. I'm a living testimony of the blessings of this house. And so if you have a business card, I want you to bring it to me. I want you to just lay it up here. Uh, the second thing that happened is a, a young fellow came and he gave a testimony. He talked about how in a service that uh, I gave him, him a word and how they were uh, barren and couldn't have children. And after that, they had two children. And I believe that there's, uh, in this house, in the future, in the future, we have a next generation, and we have children that need to be born. We have a generation that needs to come forth and be born. We need relationships to be reconnected with children and grandchildren and all these things. That was the second thing that happened. And uh, I, I really believe that um, there was another testimony to great healing that happened, miracle that happened at, at one of the meetings in this house on a Friday night meeting, uh, river meeting, where uh, she was healed of, of cancer. And so um, stuff happens. When the Holy Ghost shows up, stuff happens. And so I don't want to leave this, this, this morning without praying over these specific needs right here. So let's just pray. Right now, if you have a business, if you uh, need money, there was another fellow that came and needed a job. Uh, I believe that God wants to fulfill that. Wants everybody in this place working that wants to work. I believe that God wants to prosper those that want to be prospered. I believe that giving is the key to a breakthrough. And so and it's, 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 it's life. It's real. So, Father, right now, in the powerful name of Jesus, I pray over this house, Lord. What a wonderful place. What a wonderful church we have. And, Lord, that this is a church where miracles happen. This is a church where breakthrough happens. This is a church where prosperity takes place. This is a church where miracles of healing are real and, and profound and take place. And so, Lord, I speak the message of healing that by the stripes we have been healed in the powerful name of Jesus. Every lash across your back, Jesus, was for one of our diseases, one of our sicknesses. If that's you, raise your hand and receive it by faith. There's all kind of faith happening here today. Father, right now, for those in our family, we have children, daughters, friends, even, even young couples that are barren, that are not having children. And so, Lord, right now, I break through that. And I speak right now that there is a spirit, a spirit that is trying to stop the young from being born. I break it in the powerful name of Jesus. I command you go back to the pit from where you've come. No enemy shall stop reproduction, will stop children from being born in this house. Father, right now, for those that want a job, we open doors that nobody can close. Nobody can close. And Lord, when that fellow came up to me and said, I'm applying for a job, Lord, I knew he had it. I knew he had it. And I said, you're the man. And God, there are many. There are the men and the women that want to have jobs and want to work and want to be prosperous and want to be able to have benefits and the things that go along with that. I speak it out into this house that anyone who wants to work will have a job. Anyone that wants to be able to be blessed of the Lord in their business, that because they're there, businesses are blessed. Father, right now, by the power of Jesus' name, breast cancer, you are a name. Cancer, you are a name. I speak to those names right now. I declare you are a name, but Jesus is the name above your name and every name that is named. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and confess that he is the Lord. Every disease shall bow and confess that he is the Lord. And we have a covenant that cannot be broken. We have memorial stones that we will never forget. For, Lord, we thank you. You are a good God all the time. 
We give thanks to you, O oh God, for who you are. Good, loving, kind, generous, merciful. Our God is God. As we go today, I want you to continue to be believing God that through the remainder of this year, that we're going to close this year so strong in every way, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, as well as financially. The enemy has come against us, but the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises Amen. up a standard against him. And so I want you to believe God. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless your people. May you go today with the blessing of the Lord. May you walk in fullness of favor, grace, and mercy. And may you leave this building today with victory in your hearts. And may you go and may you give his love away. May you see other people with value and dignity and worth. May you not be defeated, but may you walk in great victory. We bless you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Amen. We love you. Please come if you need prayer. Come if you need to get that material. Don't hesitate. God bless you.